Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. How the heck are you? I'm fantastic. That, that could have not, uh, that was the most Michigan thing I could have ever said. How the heck are you? So How gross. are you doing? So gross. Let me I see past you. I know. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, oh, let me oh. see. Oh, oh I, I do that oh. all the time. Oop. I know. Oh, I know. I do too. It's a, it's a either an oop or an oh, and it kind of depends on the moment, the moment and how I'm feeling, my energy. Do you ever oop your ope or ope your oop? Mm-mm, neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, welcome to Pop Theory, our podcast. Surprise. Uh, this, is our, this is basically our equivalent of a digital drop. This has been in the works for a quite a long time. And by it has Jeff, we had conversations about this right about this time last year. Dating back to 2000 BC, BC before Christ, before Christ, before Christ was even a thought. We said, you know what we should do? We We should should talk about Heidi Montag's album. We should talk about Heidi Montag's (laughs) album and specifically her single body language. Um, no, but la- it was this time last year because I remember it was, I was at my friend's house it, for Halloween. We were uh, handing out candy. No, I'm sorry. That was Christmas time. Never mind. It was Christmas time, but still, we, I think we were still having like conversations. Like we were talking about this, I think when I, right when I moved to Atlanta. So just for some backstory, Zach and I met when I lived in Grand Rapids, a brief stint in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I have since moved to Atlanta. But Mm -hmm. this is relevant because we met and we immediately hit it off because I have never met someone like you that likes pop music, especially niche pop music, like early 2000s, 90s, the way that you do. And you blew my mind because I had never in my entire gay life met someone like you, especially in Michigan. You know, it's not like... A right. very diverse place, especially for gay people. There's not like a huge gay population in Michigan as a whole. So yeah. it was one of those things where I was like, oh my God, this person's like me. And it was something that I told you this. Like I had to come out of the, I basically had a second coming out. Like I came out mm-hmm. once as a gay man. Well, actually three times because I came out first as bisexual, like, you know, one does. Yeah. And then I came out as gay. And then I came out as a pop music aficionado. Which is probably the most important you. identity. Yeah. You gave me that strength. I gave you... You didn't know your own strength. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it, I the way that you described it when uh, I, I'll never forget it. We were going out to dinner one night and you said it was a very serendipitous meeting. And um, yeah, it was it was really, really cool the way that because I all I too, it's been very rare when I've been able to meet someone who can bounce back facts and and just talk about pop music the way that you and i do you know i have i yeah it's it's very very rare it's it's our sport 100 percent. this is our sport like you said yeah sports sound dead found dead sports sound dead wow you really ate that (laughs) i really ate that really showed all the sports teams just now i really said yeah (laughs) i said um no (laughs) For context, uh, everyone listening, I very famously once yelled at a man who was probably on drugs or drinking who fell into my car on a bike while I was parked in a parking garage. And he then like hit the window and I rolled it down on Jeff's side and I just go, um, no. Yeah. 100%. That was 
that famous. was you trying to be uh, confrontational. It was me trying to be confrontational and, and a butch and all male. All you muster up was, um, no. Yeah, it was. I go, um, no, like. And that's when I knew also we were going to be good friends because I was like, that was the funniest thing I had heard in years. It made me <laughs> laugh so hard. I still think about it. Inside joke, but <laughs> going yeah. back, to, going back to meeting you, I remember specifically we met on a lovely. I'll call it a, a friend app. It's not just a dating app. Uh-huh. A, a lovely app called Grinder. I don't know if anyone's heard of it here on the pod. I, I am new to Grinder. I've I had never heard of it until I met you. Yeah. Again, I thought it was a, an app where you could talk about your love for like Italian hot sub sandwiches. Absolutely, um, that's what it is to me, you know. Mm-hmm. But we met on there, and we kind of had like a like a friend date of sorts because I didn't really have a lot of friends. I only had like right. one friend in Grand Rapids. So meeting you. It was funny. We kind of met. It was during COVID. It was cold as hell. I remember that. Yep. And you then- were the first. You were the first person that I had met or hung out with outside of my house that I lived in in four months, five months. Yeah. So I, I, I actually, and, and I think I, I might have told you this, but for those listening, I almost canceled. I literally, and and Eris, you were my, gonna cancel. I was gonna cancel, and um. My friend Eris, who I was living with at the time, I literally remember saying to him, I was like, I think I'm just going to cancel. I was, I had so much anxiety about it. He's like, you didn't. And he was like, no, just go. And I'm right. Could you Wait, imagine? So Eris is the reason why this is happening today. Eris is the reason. Shout out to Eris. He's going to be so happy that he's mentioned on the first episode. And, yeah. the, it, and more to not, come. And more to come. And more to come. Because more we to love come. the Greeks. We love, we love a Greek man. We love a Greek man. Love a Greek man. Badass. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have a fat ass. Sorry, I don't have a fat ass. Sorry, I'm not poor. <laughs> that was like Moira Rose almost. Moira that, was, Rose. that was exactly like Moira Rose. Moira but, trying to be her. But I remember um, you brought me back to your home in, in a non-sexual way, of course. In a non-sexual uh, way. Yeah. Just to clarify, because usually what happens is the, the opposite. But you made me feel comfortable in your home. I think you bought me a little treat, like a brownie or something. And then- yep. At a store in Grand Rapids, which you kind of showed me around because I didn't know the city at all. Mm-hmm. And then you asked me an, a question that changed the course of our friendship. That changed the course. Of, yes. So famously, any new people that I like to meet, I love to ask them what I call a desert island question. So I, the scenario is you are in a horrific plane crash and you are on a deserted island and you are the only survivor. And the island is magical and gives you a magical CD player and says, this is going to keep you sane until help comes. Help's going to come and rescue you, but you don't know when. You don't know when. And the island says, you get to put five of your favorite musical artists, bands, DJs, whomever, onto one CD. Because in my world, CDs still matter. And... You get to put their entire discography, but you can only pick five. And it's five. a Walkman, right? You get a Walkman. And it is a Walkman. In my, in my head, like this is a Walkman. Yep. No and skips. No skips. But you can put their entire discography. But the disclaimer is, let's say you put, let's say you picked Beyonce. You don't get Destiny's Child with that. You get the live, you get only Beyonce's solo catalog. So I like to see what people choose. The five artists, their entire discography is that they can put on one CD. 
And I and asked you, you pick, that. If you pick Britney Spears, you also don't get Maya Marie's discography. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. That was good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, Jeff, do you remember your answers? I think so. So, this is where, again, we became friends and how this, this all started, this pop theory podcast about pop music and our love for pop music, mm-hmm. was I had never met someone that liked Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson as much as, as you did and like mm-hmm. growing up listening to them and the impact they made on my life and you had the same kind of love and, and appreciation. So yeah. what, we overlapped because one of my artists was Janet Jackson, which again, I've always felt like weird for saying that's one of my favorite artists because she's from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, whatever, you know, even though like that's not how we view her. But people And I was like, going to say like, like, yeah, bitch. She, yeah. Her, her discography is insane fire it's fire there's so many albums and music to choose from if i'm on a deserted island especially like i listen to her music daily regardless so yeah that was a no-brainer for me and i remember lighting up with that because so jeff is you're almost 10 years younger than me i think it's like right i think it's 10 years younger than me yeah i think it's actually like 25 years younger than me i'm actually a zygote you're, 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 I want the audience to know I am in my 20s. I, <laughs> I need the audience to know that actually Jeff is actually still in the womb. That's how young he is. Um, yeah. So, and I'm also in my 20s. Not really. But um, you, <laughs> you, I remember, yeah, crickets. I remember you saying Janet Jackson. I remember lighting up because a lot of people your age aren't as familiar with Janet Jackson the way that people my age are. I'm 38. Thank you, Super Bowl. And yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, fucking Super Bowl. And so I like kind of lit up because I also think that you, that that led into a conversation about the Velvet Rope album specifically. And yeah, which we love, which we can get to in a second. But okay, so back to your top five Desert Island artists. Yes, Janet Jackson was was one and that's where our, our biggest overlap was. I think I said um, Mariah Carey, obviously. So Mariah mm-hmm. Carey, for all you out there listening, is my ultimate favorite human being and musician on this planet. I am a Mariah Carey obsessed super stan. I am a lamb until death. So mm-hmm. that was a no-brainer for me. That's my number one. Janet's probably like my number two or three. But I also said, I think Tame Impala, which kind of probably – this is where our music tastes – differs to Zach. Zach and I have mostly the same music taste, but there's a few like outliers. Yeah. So for me, I love like, and I think this is definitely because my dad listened to a lot of like psychedelic funk, like, you know, a lot of like earth, wind and fire and stuff too growing up. So yeah, for me, I've always loved that. And it's always a comforting place for me. So I love Tame Impala. I think he's, I think Kevin's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think I picked him because especially right now, like there's just a lot to kind of go through like you know and there it's just a, a different kind of thing for me to listen to if i'm on a desert island right like yeah so i really love that music and that makes me happy so i think that was one of mine i'm a huge lana del rey fan so i definitely would pick her as well also because she has a huge discography so that's someone i've always been obsessed with and then the fifth one i want to say this is where it gets hard for me, and I know you mm-hmm. have a similar problem, because I could pick many people. I could pick, especially thinking now, I could pick Beyonce, I could pick um, 
maybe Britney Spears. You know, I could pick, geez, Rihanna. And I think I did pick Rihanna. I was going to say, I think it was Rihanna that you said that yeah. you picked that day. Because she also has a huge discography and also someone I grew up listening to and love. But it could have been several other people. Uh, and, and even now, like Kylie Minogue, like it, it could be a ton of people. But I do yeah. think for me, that's a pretty good solid top five. There's some variety in there. It's not all just pop music. So I right. think that, that felt right for me at that time. But even the music that you chose, the artist that you chose, the thing that I mean, the thing I love about Janet Jackson specifically, or just the artists that I personally like in general, they don't just stick to one type of sound or one type of genre per se. I mean, with Janet Jackson, you've got songs like Black Cat, that's a full on rock song, right? You've got songs like Come On, Get Up, which is like almost bubblegum pop house. Yeah, All For You. All For You. Doesn't really matter. You've got um, anytime, any place, which is your little baby making songs. You know, you got, oh, you got that. Yeah, I like that. Like deep R and B too on the Velvet Rope and the Janet album. Like, oh, what's what's the, the song you love? Rope Burn. Rope oh, Burn. Yeah, you've got, you've got you've got your really hardcore songs. Like, would you mind? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got. I mean, you've got one of my personal faves, Throb, which is a straight up house song. Banger. Um, you've Banger. got. And you've got like songs that kind of like fuse a lot of genres, like um, uh, uh, Free Zone from the Velvet Rope, which is yes. you've got Electronica. Yeah, you've yeah. got like Super which song. like fuses like big band with R and B and Electronica and it, it, all all the above. Everything right? so, is so cool. It's such a cool song. The Velvet mm-hmm. Rope, I would say, is like as terms in terms of like cool factor, it's her coolest album. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. That's like, that's like Janet was the coolest in like ninety seven. Absolutely, but what's really interesting too is that the first single from that album was "Got Till It's Gone," which was not a big commercial success. But over the years, that Pardon song me. has aged so well. And I never, that, I never personally liked that one. It's not my favorite. Right. I it wasn't my favorite either. But as as for me, it's definitely one of those songs that has grown on me for me. But like. Just in the culture, like I see people talk about it all the time on the internet. People are like, yeah. oh my God, this song is so good. And it aged well. Like you can listen to it now and you, it sounds fresh still. Yeah, It's got it was, like it, an old school vibe, but like still fresh. I'm surprised it wasn't a bigger hit then too, because I think of like, um, you know, like Puff Daddy, P Diddy, you know, has like 800 names. But like at that mm-hmm. time, you know, it was so big and it's kind of in the same universe to me. Like mm-hmm. it could kind of fit in that that yeah. world in terms of like lyrics and just the vibe of the song and like so, the sample of it with like sampling sampling right that, is that Joni mitchell that she samples yeah um oh and also one of janet's songs too <laughs> carly simon like working with these like you know <laughs> this crazy rocker chick so i thought you might like to see this <laughs> her her teeth her teeth um, but yeah, she's she does have such a wide range of music, and she's constantly reinvented herself mm-hmm. throughout the years. And even like, I was just gonna say, I just so yesterday I did a Peloton uh, Cody Rigsby class, mm-hmm. and it was at Janet Jackson, all Janet Jackson music. Ooh, okay. And I have to say, like, it's it is people so. I know that Peloton really has been around for a while and it's been popular for a while, even pre-pandemic. I feel like pandemic took it into a new stratosphere oh, as far as popular. Yeah, obviously. But 
I remember for years people telling me, oh, you would love Cody Rigsby's like classes. Like you would love it. And I was like, okay, like I get it. He's a gay guy who's sassy, who loves, who loves pop music. Like I get it. And Jeff, when he, so I'm trying to remember all the songs that he played. So it was just a 30 minute class. It was a boot camp, and he started it out with Rhythm Nation. Then it went into Miss You Much. Mm-hmm. Then it went into classics. classics. And then I want to say, what? where did it go? He went into, I don't remember the exact order, but he did What's It Gonna Be with Busta Rhymes. He did um, Throb. He did All For You. He did Burn It Up from Unbreakable. Nice. A, new, a newer song. And then he ended with Island Life. Ooh, which by I, the way, top 20 favorite songs of hers. Yeah. And I was just, I, it's one of my favorites too. And I was just like, okay, like I get it. And like the other classes that I've taken of his too, like there was a pop ride recently that I took and then like the songs that he picked. And I was like, oh. When she sings, oh. when, she starts singing, when she starts singing, give, I'm not going to say it because I can't go that high, but when she starts doing like the give me the high life. Give the, me the, the end, high the life. The song, fuck. So it's, good. It's so good. It's so good. It's that, that, album, that album's great. Demita, Joe, 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 Joe. Demita, Joe. I, yeah, jo, honestly, justice for the album. Again, fuck the Super Bowl. <laughs> we hate the We hate the Super Bowl. No, I just like, it frustrates me so much how that whole scandal just completely derailed yeah. her career. Like people that are listening right now, like Janet Jackson. And I feel like she's finally like gotten back into the zeitgeist about like her iconic status. But like the, the time period that that event happened, like she was, and it, in my opinion is, and always will be same tier as Madonna Michael, like she is an iconic performer, but after that incident, her career completely got derailed. She was blacklisted from MTV, blacklisted from the radio for like a decade or more. Right. And it was George Bush era, like Republican conservative, you know, push before. I think she was fine. Yeah. And I think that she was fined like $500,000 from the FCC for the whole scandal and just like just it was just and we so, love Justin Timberlake we love him on going on record saying that but like really like he didn't get any flack for that and basically yeah. he was like he's like yeah I'm the cool guy because like I got I got to like pull out her her boob mm-hmm. you know it's like no we we can't we can't handle it it's not it's mm-hmm. not it's not fair and it's it is truly something that upsets both of us so much because. She is an icon. Her music's amazing. It's incredible. It's, yeah. it's unique. It's different. She's an, a, truly an innovator. I don't think there's a lot of those, you know, in the world, no. just, as a, just as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, in music, she's, she's an icon, you know, she's an absolute icon. She's a legend. And it's really unfortunate that one small stupid event that really wasn't even her fault in, in many, every, pretty much every way. Is, it wasn't her fault. And, and it was just like, now, if now, if that happened, it'd be like, okay, you know, it, it is what it is. Maybe some news and then it would go yeah. away. It's unfortunate that it happened then because it's very unfortunate. And it's frustrating too, because again, it was on the screen for not even a full second. And mm. I remember, I remember watching it and seeing it happen. And I was like, Oh, and I was like, okay, queen show that nipple. 
I never thought I went to school. The next day I was a senior in high school. I never thought in a million years it was going to make the headlines the way it did. It never like, thought everywhere. It was like all people could talk about. Yeah. It was also, it's, I don't know if it had any, if the, if these two events had, or if this effect, this other event that I'm about to mention had any effect on this event, but this did come on, uh, I would say like four, cause the Super Bowl is what usually in February. Right. So <laughs> yes, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to backtrack. So January, December, November, October, so about five or six months prior, you had Ma- the Madonna, Britney, Christina Aguilera kiss, which also made a huge right. headline, but, but it, very scandalous, but it didn't derail any of their careers. Like, in fact, I would no. say that only, that only just further, right? like it definitely made controversy. It was definitely controversial and people talked about it for a long time, but it did not, it wasn't like people, it wasn't like all of a sudden they were all blacklisted from MTV and the radio yeah, and things like that. And, like that never happened. Right. And I think it's, I think part of it is because she's like a woman of color and she, you know, people, there's 100%. all these like assholes, conservative assholes that want to like knock her down a peg or something. Yeah. And it's just like, who's that guy that works? You know what I'm talking about? The guy that works for the, the news station. I'm not familiar with the news, but he had a lot to do with it. Remember? Oh yeah, from the documentary. Oh my god, I don't remember his name. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, Good. Say that way. No one should know this asshole's name. Yeah. Yeah. We're mad. We are mad. We are mad. (laughs) I am fired up because. What about the times you blacklisted Janet Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) Because she truly is an icon. You know, not not to um, extend the subject too long because I want to get into your top five. But I think, you know, I really it, it saddens me because I can only imagine the success that like all night would have. Where some of the, some of the singles on Demita Joe that that should have been a number one smash hit. I'm sorry, and it's very 2004 of the time. It should have been number one in the Hot 100. I think 100%. it truly would have been if it wasn't for this incident, which is so messed up. And yeah. also, like Rock with You, like all all of these songs that came later that deserve to be top of the charts. Like again, innovator status. Like so this good. music is incredible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just makes me feedback should have been number one mm-hmm. feedback had a little success, you know, but for the most part, it's like, she just never was able to fully recover from that. No, she could, she wouldn't. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it is, it sucks. And I completely agree with you. I also, I do, I am curious about like, would there, well, no, I don't think that Jimmy, I think Jamita Joe was just doomed from after the event. Like it just yeah. was doomed no matter which way you sliced it. But I do. I am curious about like if if they had released all night as maybe the first single versus being the third single from the album. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how that would have done. I'm curious. R and B Junkie was supposed to be a single, and that release got also, canceled. Also, an absolute smash hit. Should have yeah, been. Yeah, and I I love just a little while. It's not one of my favorite songs, but it, I as a lead single, that's that to me. I'm just kind of like, huh, you know. Yeah, it, it it makes so much sense for All Night to be the lead single. Yeah, sure. All, all Night, I, I really feel like All Night should have been the lead single. If we R&B. ever time travel, Janet, we will be your PR team. We yeah. will help with the album rollout. Yep. We, we got you. We got you. <laughs> we got you. We, um, we got a plan. We And just the choreography, just to touch on oh. really quick, like, I mean, her choreo is unmatched. I really think she started the the new wave of, like, artist doing this crazy mm. choreo on stage and in music videos. No yeah. one was doing it like that before, like to that extent. She was giving cunt. He's giving everything. 
and, and yeah. people need to know like people need to be educated because like you would not have the pop stars we have today i'm sorry you would not if mm-hmm. it wasn't for janet jackson yeah we, we wouldn't have beyonce okay mm. nope. going going back to her, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have our, even like ariana grande we wouldn't have like i mean i even think of like doja cat someone who's really good has really good choreo yeah like we would not have these people without her and her impact and you even think like like I think I'm I'm just thinking of when MTV did MTV Icon. You've seen that, right? When yeah. they did their whole tribute to her during the All for You era, and they did the dance tribute. It was Pink, Usher, and Maya doing the dance tribute to her, and that was one of my favorite performances because it was just so cool to see them honor and they were such huge celebrities at the time. And still now, but like, especially of the time, like that was, they were just, I don't know, just seeing them honor her in such a way and just seeing that influence now, because then now you think of a lot of young kids today think of Pink, Usher, and Maya as like these like older generation. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know I, just, like, I just saw a free quote Maya unquote. concert. Yeah. I just, just for the audience out there, I live in Atlanta and I saw a free Maya concert in the park a few uh-huh. weeks ago. And it was truly wild to me as someone who loves pop music from that era. Just yeah. the audience. There was there there was one guy in the front getting it. And he knew every lyrics mm-hmm. and every every bit of lyrics, you know, every beat. He did not miss a beat. But for the most part, everyone was looking around. They didn't know any of the songs. They maybe knew like Kiss of the X, like a little bit. Yeah. But I was like, it was just so funny because I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so lost in time. Some of the, some of these. How how many songs did she do? Did she do a lot? She probably did. Well, she did like, you know, there was like a, a mix of like medleys of songs too, but uh, yeah. probably like, it wasn't that much. It was probably like maybe like 10 songs. Did she do, did she do My Love Is Like Whoa? Yes, but very briefly. And I was upset about that because that was what I was excited for. And I wanted to hear the whole song, but it was very quick. It was probably like a minute and a half. Did she, did she do Whatever Bitch? No. Did she do that? But let me pull. Let me pull. Yeah, for this audience of like 100 people in the park, let me pull out whatever bitch this deep cut. <laughs> like, no, Zach, she did not this do this. Gay, this gay club banger. Yeah, Where, no, yeah, I guess you're right. I was thinking for some reason I was thinking that it was a Pride show, but it yeah, wasn't. And then Hunty followed. And I will say, I love both of them. Mm-hmm. They're in, from the same era, but Maya, she really ate. She ate Ashanti. <sighs> She oh yeah, uh, Maya is a formerly trained dancer, so I don't know if she did a ton of choreography on stage, but like she's a great. There's a little bit. She yeah. had like they each had two dancers with them. I think this was a very small stage in the park, you know, uh-huh. for for this like AIDS event, you know, raising awareness. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, it was it was really it was a good cause and everything, and the yeah. show was like twenty bucks to get in, and it was totally worth it for me. I was like singing along. I was having. Oh, something. that's so fun. But wait. Did Maya do, did she do like, take me there? Take me there. I want to go there. No. Oh. Did she do Ghetto? So. Did she do Ghetto Superstar? Yes. Yeah, she did okay. that. Yep. And she did yeah. like a little bit of Lady Marmalade. Lady okay. Marmalade. Uh, Love. But, which was, it was a cute moment. But yeah, I, I was, I was so impressed. I was like, wow. And then, you know, cause I, I think Ashanti was the one that they were headlining. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of headlined both of them, of course, but I think they were kind of like Ashanti's going to be at the park, you know, and then Maya will also be there. Right. So sure. For me, the better performance was 100% uh, Maya, not to compare them, but. Yeah. Wait, did like me just going back to Maya, did she do Sex Machine by chance from Legally Blonde? I don't think so. No. 
Do you know that song, Sex Machine? I think it's a James I Brown don't. cover. I mean, I probably know it because I've seen Legally Blonde so many times, but off the top of my head, I do not. It's the song that plays when they do the bend and snap. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Get on up. Love it. but Get up on the scene like a sex machine. But yeah, you know, I'd love to... <laughs> the, the, and just for the audience out there, we do get off tangent, so yeah. about that. But going back to you know, we we kind of covered Janet Jackson, and that was like our big overlap for mm-hmm. you. That was one of your artists. Tell the people about the other four for the Desert yeah. Island question. Who would you bring on a Desert Island? Your four artists, their discographies. Yeah, you know, what, I for I remember what you said. I think, but I couldn't yeah. remember maybe like the fourth pick or fifth pick you had. So. Yeah. So for me, you know, I, Jeff loves steaks. He loves steaks. He will force you to choose and kill your child, your other child, essentially. Um, I would but... never kill these <laughs> But he's like, made me so. By the way, I like steaks, like ra- raise the, the steaks, right? Like, um, but I also like steaks you cook on a grill. Exactly. Like I love mignon. So we're exactly. not talking about that. It's right. not a big podcast. And so he loves. Yeah, so he loves to put me on the spot and and ask for my stakes. And I, being the the person, I also love that for other people. But then when I'm forced to answer my own question, it does get really challenging for me. But I will say this. So Madonna is going to be obviously my number one. For anyone that knows me, Madonna, I'm obsessed with her. She is my number one. I idolize her. I will fight to the death about her influence and relevance in pop culture and music history. Um. And then I would say number two is Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, this is where it starts getting hard. So number three, I would say is Kylie Minogue. Yeah, um, sure. I love Kylie. Also a huge um, discography. Like it's so hard. An to, like- enormous discography that, and truly, in my personal opinion, has one of the best discographies. Period in pop music, like yeah. her deep cuts, her bonus tracks, her B sides. The unreleased stuff. Like, it is consistent. The consistency, just speaking of, we just talked about, you know, tension that was just released. Just like five decades of music spanning five decades. And she has put out, I mean, all the way from locomotion to Padam Padam, mm-hmm. smash. Smash Smashes. Yeah. And we're so happy for her that she's experiencing the success with this album yeah. and with these yeah. songs, especially Padam Padam. I mean, it's incredible and something she didn't expect, something we didn't expect. Right. So, I- yeah. yeah, and Someone that's it, just super consistent. Yeah, so consistent, so classy, so and honestly, like her influence that you that is on pop music and a lot of the pop girlies, like and even EDM. Yeah, honestly. and EDM, like it's just like and but a lot, of, especially like her style, her music videos, things like that. A lot of things, performance wise, I mean, a lot of things she did, and then other people. I mean, you could say that she influenced Beyonce. Um, with her Renaissance tour when she came up out of the stage in the robot suit, which Beyonce, I mean, that is from the movie Metropolis. It's kind of a reference to, but, and Beyonce did that on stage as well as the BET awards in, I think 2007 for her performance of get me bodied. But Kylie Minogue did that first in concert in 2002 on her favorite tour. So, and I'm not saying Beyonce ripped her off. I don't like that conversation. I don't, I think that people are free to be influenced by other people. And I don't think that you need to. 100%. Like, it's like Michael Jackson with a toaster stunt. It's like people are going to come up out of the stage and do like, that's just setting the precedent of. Exactly. But that, that goes back to like someone being an innovator, you know, someone yeah. who's an innovator in pop electronica. Yeah, music, exactly. And, 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 you, and I just see the way that she does 
from staging to backdrop videos and concerts to her music videos to yeah her musical style you like i just see her influence throughout other pop girls and dance totally. music and things like that so kylie minogue is gonna be number three um i would say number four is beyonce and then number five, this is where this is where it gets really hard for me. It de- and it honestly depends on depends on the day. Like some days it could be Lady Gaga, some days it could be Britney, yeah. some days it could be Christina Aguilera, um, some days it, it could be Mariah Carey, some days it could be Rihanna. Um, most days it, it should be Mariah Carey. Like just oh, saying, just saying, just saying. Um, just saying. And. Yeah, like I just, you know, I'm a huge fan of music. I'm a huge fan of all of these women. Um, I'm a huge fan of... Fuck the men. (laughs) Fuck the men, babes. And I, like, honestly, though, like, and so I I bring this up because, so I don't know if you saw the photo uh, of Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Beyonce showed up to Taylor Swift's movie. No, I I didn't. I didn't see that photo at all. It wasn't anywhere on my. It feed. wasn't anywhere on your feed. I know it was. Yeah. It was like well, I love seeing that. By the way, I woke up to that. and I was like, wasn't expecting that. And I, I wasn't that. either. I and finished I, her tour, and she's like, I'm gonna go show up. Yeah, she's like, you know, I want to go see a movie tonight. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I'm gonna see that. By the way, I I, I wasn't able to get a ticket yet. So for eras, I'm going tomorrow. <gasps> fun i'm so excited yeah i'm sorry well, I'm, I'm, how it is i'm very curious if it's just again just the concert which i think it is yeah I'm, I'm curious like what the experience I'm, is like i'm so excited and i'm gonna dress in an uh in an era or an, in an eras i'm gonna dress in a reputation inspired outfit so thanks snake look what you made me do look what you made me do um, but I bring this up because, you know, I, I made some memes about the photo because I was excited about it. I love seeing women support other women and especially like two of my favorite artists and the comments were fucking crazy. Like, what, it, do, you ex- I, okay, what do you expect though? Because you put two very polarizing figures in one photo. Of course, there's going to be haters and people who celebrate. I'm going to be really honest. I did not expect the amount of hate and would vitriol be the right word that yeah. like, like I understand that with anything you're going to get like, Honey, it's the internet. I I get that. But like truly, but it, it blew my mind. Did not expect that type of reaction from people. And it's just, it, it blows my mind. And well, so anyway, pit women against each other too. That's a whole nother conversation, pe- but people love to do that. Industry, I mean, think about that's what they did to Nicki Minaj. Yeah. But what I want to say about that is that like, it is absolutely possible to love and adore and admire several artists all equally, or like maybe you have a personal favorite, but like you can recognize that like they all have artistic merit and value and impact and maybe sometimes in the same ways and sometimes in different ways. Like I think- this also goes back to, we talk about this a lot. This is something you brought up, this kind of ter- uh, phrase you've coined, is that there's the casual music listener, right? Yes. Which is, yes. the, I would say, the majority of people who are probably the ones commenting on these photos, right? Death to all of them. <laughs> and then there's the people like like us who, you know, truly like music is our life. Like maybe we don't play instruments, but listening to music, obviously yeah. for both you and I and growing up and immersing ourselves in music is number one. Yeah, like for sure, and and something that we hold really dearly, and something that we, way we process our emotions. Mm-hmm. And there's there's many people like like us, you know, probably our listeners out there who are the same way. So mm-hmm. when you get a lot of these casual music listeners, like for them, it's just like the news, like seeing Taylor and Beyonce in the news, and there's just someone to hate and yeah. hate against each other and complain about, you know, yeah. because because they're jealous. 
they're jealous. jealous. And and I am so tired. I know I know this is talked about so much, but I am so tired of the conversation around Taylor Swift. Like she's not a good artist. You know, she's she's basic. Um, mm-hmm. why is she so popular? That's such a boring conversation. I'm sorry. Like I used to be that way. I used to talk about it. Taylor Swift's an amazing artist. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's created this Beatles mania type fame behind her. You have to respect that. And also she's a one of the best, you know, lyricists of our generation period. Yeah. So regardless if you don't like the music or not, you can still respect it. It's the same mm-hmm. way that I respect Madonna, but I'm not a fan of hers. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's the same way that you can respect, you know, the Beatles and their impact, even though you might not, you might not like the music, you can sit there and recognize what they did for music or what Elvis did for music, you know, whatever. So yeah, and I'm you can always tell one hundred percent, and you can also tell too the people that are not like you, like you said, it's the casual music listener from you know an actual fan like you and I, and. Especially from someone like, I'm like, oh, so you know, shake it off Taylor Swift, but you're not familiar with Ivy Taylor Swift. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, you probably know Antihero, but you probably don't know would have, could have, should have, you know, or. um, (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh. (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's like one of those things where the same the same way i feel the same way honestly about when people hate on beyonce where oh, i'm like i think okay. it's the same because they're polarizing figures they're polarizing but i'm like, like i'm like he's talentless she doesn't write her own music it's like she has other things to offer babe there's other things it's you know everyone has their own set of talents and again beyonce would not get to where she is without being a talented person period right and it's but it's crazy to me to think that like I'm like okay so you know Beyonce for probably the irreplaceable single right ladies. or the single ladies of it all you don't know her for the don't hurt yourself you don't know her for the heated you don't know her for the for, haunted for the haunted like it's just it's it's crazy it's also crazy to me for anyone to ever even suggest that be I I just, I feel like you and I, you and I being super fans of Beyonce remove that i feel yeah. like you and i can honestly say objectively beyonce is a talented artist when you're when your name is a word in culture like it's it's not even you know it's not even like the the artist beyonce it's like oh you're the beyonce of the group yeah that's something people say yeah like she hello like okay you want to sit there and and question whether or not she or you know whether or not she does or whether or how much she writes on a song that's fine we can have that conversation you can't sit there and say that beyonce can't dance you can't sit there and say that beyonce cannot sing and guess you what millions of people disagree with you it's insane to me it's it's just a fact but again you know we all have our own music tastes it's it's totally fine to have your own taste in music but i think people love especially with women just having these opinions because they, they want to you know, take women down a peg. It's this kind of instinct that people have. And I'm so tired of seeing it. And guess what? These artists, Beyonce and Taylor Swift, I genuinely think they love and respect each other. I really do. Oh, absolutely. I, I really think they do. So it's like, it's a stupid argument. And it's it's so stupid to say like, one's better than the other too. Like uh, that's a conversation both you and I are tired of too. Like yeah. it's comparing apples and oranges. It's so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to stop. But you know, yeah. these are the problems. These are the these are the social these are the political problems that I'm bringing to the 2024 election. <laughs> and Biden, I, what are you going to do about this? Yeah, what are you going to do about this? Look what you made us do. Um, 
but it, yeah, and I also find it interesting too. I mean, this these types of conversations happen a lot with pop music. They happen a lot with women. They happen a lot with specifically artists who are more on the performer side. Like they are known for not only being a talented musician, but known for putting on a performance. So someone like Beyonce or Madonna or Janet who right. do the choreography, who do the costume changes. I mean, you can even put Taylor Swift into that mix too now, right? Because she's does, you know, the big productions with her concerts yeah. now with the choreography and dancers and and it people for some reason love to t- love to isolate performers like that and say like oh you're not as talented because you need all of xyz to put on a spectacle and you have the argument i hear a lot where it's like well she doesn't write her own songs i'm like who gives a shit pavarotti doesn't write his own songs there's so many it's called a collaboration okay and again like as an artist, no one can do what Beyonce's doing. I'm sorry. Right. right. No one. If you think that, you're Delulu. You really yeah. are. It, 100%. But no, again, no one's. No one is going around saying like, oh, Pavarotti didn't write his own music. Or who's the guy? Who's the guy? No one's saying pro- Bob Dylan. I know he wrote his own music, but they're not like – the conversation's not around these like – well, Matt, that, you know. well, in the in in the sense, so the other type of conversation that people have is whether or not someone can sing, and no one is going around saying that Bob Dylan can't sing, and he can't. No one is going around saying Paul McCartney can't sing. And here's the thing: I don't think I'm not saying that these people cannot sing. I know that they cannot sing the way that Beyonce can, or that Lady Gaga can, or the way that Mariah Carey can. Yeah, but being a singer is not the same thing as being a vocalist. Like you, you can be a singer and a good singer as a person, as as a performer, whatever. As a that's your career, you're a singer. That can mean so many different things. It doesn't mean like just being like Whitney Houston style vocals, right? You know what I mean, like we of course we love our vocalists, we love our Beyonces and our Whitney Houstons and our Aretha Franklins and you know our Jennifer Hudsons and Mariah Careys, but. That doesn't equate to being a good singer. Right. What we're saying is that we have a very large table and everyone has a seat at it. Just about everyone. Just about everyone. Just about everyone. Just about everyone. There's there's some people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because you know, someone likes someone likes there's 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 something for everybody. There is something for everyone. And and like I'll go on record and say right now that like an artist that is currently <laughs> I'm like nervous to say it now, but like, like an artist, I can respect her. She's not someone that I personally fan per se is SZA. You like SZA. Oh, love her. You love SZA. I, for me personally, her music doesn't do it for me. I can still respect that she's a singer and a songwriter and an artist. Everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion and that's okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. You know, everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion. And that's okay. And I'm excited to announce that SZA is the guest on the episode next week. Just kidding. <laughs> like she has time. She has shared one of my memes before. SZA has. Yeah. Oh, oh, and please also, you know, this this podcast is really like an extension of your brand, your your Instagram, a functioning gay. I don't yeah. think we would have started this podcast without the the kind of rise of your Instagram account because you kind of gained traction, you gained all these followers. And it was like, oh, wow, like Zach's really gained this like following through pop culture and through niche pop music memes. So tell the people a little bit about your Instagram, how it started, 
Yeah. Know, how, and, you know, really kind of, it, it's also kind of how we met and became friends too, because we kind of interacted on there and I would comment on your, I, yeah. I remember specifically you posting about a, a Tony Braxton song and you commented on it or said something and I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, like I was like, I never get anyone to interact with me. Yeah. Yeah. On subject, and, we, we love the heat. We love it. And so, yeah, I started the account in 2019. It was August of 2019. I had a, an, a, another Instagram account that was just very heavily curated. And it was dedicated on a lot of my graphic design and photography and videography that I do for my day job. And um, I just wanted an outlet that where I could just talk about pop music and make memes and just be goofy and just whatever. And so I did it and the memes started taking off. I think the first like truly viral meme that I had made was it was right as the pandemic was starting. It was right before lockdown started happening. And um, I had edited the video of uh, Lady Gaga's like 99 people in a room where I edited it to say, how did I do it? It was, I made her say, there can be 99 people in the room, but all it takes is one. That's I edited it so that she was just saying that. And um, I captioned it something like, you know, Lady Gaga explaining how the coronavirus spread so quickly. And that like just went viral. So that was like my first like super viral meme. Um, and then, yeah, I just started taking off from there. And, you know, I remember I think it was that summer of 2020, I had hit the 10,000 mark and then you know, just earlier this year, I hit the 100,000 mark. So it's been Congratulations. a steady- Thank you. Round of applause. Um, Round of yeah. applause. Applause, applause, applause. Thinking, uh, what I want, 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 what I want, want, want. What I'm I saying it's somewhere. Oh, oh my Round God. Of applause. I was like. Round of applause. Um, I want your love. I want yeah, your feeling. It- <laughs> love. Love, we love that song. We love that album so much. Um, we yeah. are Renaissance stands. We saw Renaissance in concert. We did. We, yeah. we saw it. It was, it was an otherworldly experience that I will never forget. Um, but, but yeah, you know, you growing this following really was the kind of uh, fuel we needed to start this podcast because we, yeah. we, because we talk about music so much and we talk about it all the time and we talk about your memes and what's popping off and what people are saying. And we have all these conversations all the time on the phone. We're like, you know what? This would make a really good podcast. This is something we can exhaust. Like we can talk at nauseum about these topics. At nauseum. Because we have spent hours on the phone. We will go five hours. hours. Like I'm I'm a middle schooler. Yeah. Racking up my data on my T-Mobile Razor phone. Talking about the colors on Samantha Mumba's Gotta Tell You album. We are a Samantha Mumba podcast stand. This is this is actually Mumba. a Samantha Mumba podcast in disguise. This is all we're it actually talking about. Shout out, shout yeah. out, Sam. We would love to have you on. We would love, yes, Ms. Mumba, if you are listening, we would love to have you as a guest on the pod. We will ask you everything about body to body and how Jeff just learned that that was a cover. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Um, it's like partially cover, partially like remix or like. Remade, oh, it's, right. It's, it's yeah. So it's so funny, though. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, what, I, I forget. No, uh, I think it's a David Bowie song. It's a David Bowie song, but I'm like, no, no. Sam Mumba yeah. was, was the one that innovated Ms. that. Mumba, Ms. Mumba, yeah. David like, Bowie covered Samantha. David Mumba. Bowie wishes. 
<laughs> he wishes he could be Sam Wimba. Oh, I was about to say David Bowie found dead, but he is. That's not nice. Yeah, iconically, like on if any for any of you Tiffany Pollard fans out there, this is also a Tiffany Pollard stand podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, there's an episode on Big Brother UK. I think so. This is the season Tiffany Pollard is on, where iconically she has the 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 Gemma monologue. You know, yep. the old Gemma. maiden type of shoes yep. monologue. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode where this woman who used to date David Bowie um, finds out in real time that he passed away. But there's someone in the house named David as yeah, well. Yeah. So this woman who's like, <laughs> who's like, I don't even, I don't even remember her name, but she goes up to Tiffany and she's like, she's like, David died. Don't tell anyone. And you know, she's British and Tiffany absolutely loses it, freaks out. She's screaming, running around the, the, the house, you know, panting herself and then she's like, David's dead. David's dead, screaming it. And the lady's like, oh, God, like, why did I tell her this? And she's going upstairs, you know, rallying the troops. And then they're like, what are you talking about? He's in bed. Because she thought it was the house guest that died. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time I think of David Bowie, I think of Tiffany New York Pollard. I love that. Also, <laughs> there's this other episode where the, the producer is telling her, she's like, something about, like, you have to stay in the house. Or she broke some sort of rule on the the program and she's like, I need you to promise me. And the producer's like, I need you to promise me, Tiffany, that you won't do this again. She goes, I prom. I pr- and she's yeah. like, she's like, what is that? She's like, half the promise. <laughs> <laughs> I prom. So I always say that now. I'm like, I prom. Cause it's I a prom. half promise. You want to go promise. out tonight? I prom. I prom. But Love. yes, I mean, David Bowie wishes, you know, David Bowie wishes he could wear that, Ronald McDonald yellow and red color scheme on the Gotta Tell You album. He wishes that he could sing a song called Baby Come On Over. This is our night tonight. You yeah. know? Of course. Like, everyone wishes they had that kind of song. I love that there I love that songs about coming on over were like popular in like the year 2000. You're so right. I didn't think about that, but like Baby Come On Over and Baby Come, and on, come over, on Over Baby. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and then you also like Which a couple years Oh, then a couple came years, first. Christina came first, but then you had uh, like three years prior in 1997, you had Ms. Twain come out with Come On Over. One of the best albums the girl, of all time. The girls were like, the, the girls were ready to have a party. They were like, they were the ready. To, said, they were saying, over. they said, you know what? Come on over. Now come we're over. saying go away. <laughs> now, yeah. Now they, yeah, they were like, this is too much, too much. <laughs> go. go away. Leave. Go. Get out. Joe just yeah. heard of that. Get leave. out. Get out. Get out. Leave. I love that leave. album. I love I the first the first JoJo album. I can't believe she's like fourteen, talking about grown I mean, woman relationships. Wasn't she even younger? I I, don't, I think she was like thirteen or fourteen when the album came. I'm out. I'm looking this up right now. Look it up as we speak. Look it up. As we What's speak. her name? JoJo Levesque, Levesque, or something. Levesque or something, something like that. Yeah, Levesque. We love her. Let's see, JoJo. I want to say she was fourteen. I could be wrong because I think she was sixteen when the High Road came out. Uh, after seeing the little, this is gonna tell me thirteen. Okay, thirteen. Yeah, that album similar wow. to uh, similar to Aaliyah's albums. Like she was talking about grown woman problems, grown woman problems, and it, it's crazy. Like I so like I mean this makes sense, but like I just looked at her age now. She's only thirty two. She was so young. Can you imagine being like shot into fame that young? No, that's insane. And just like, and like 
to be where she is now in her career, like, and she's only 32. Like, I'm just kind of like, she's been around a long time. Like, as far as like an artist yeah, and, young. and working. Yeah. Wild. That's because she was so young, but, but it didn't seem that way. Like it felt like someone in their 20s singing about love. You know? I was going to say, listen to that like- voice. You, I would say most, most kids that age do not have a voice like also that. Also singing about her, her pet name or her nickname that the guy used to call her, her Breezy. I love that song. The song's called Breezy because, you know, she's like, I'm his Breezy. See, this is where you're, you're you, nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm this his is, Breezy. I'm his Breezy. Would you say, wait, would I you say, that. would you say that that was an era of time? And this is, and this is not her fault because clearly this, she is 13 years old at the time. This is totally her record label making her do I like this. I know where we're going with this question. But would you say that she would be a white woman of color during this time? <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to I knew you were gonna ask that. I knew you were gonna ask that. So that that's a term I heard from um, a a man named Ira Madison who has a podcast called Keep It. Keep it. Yeah. And when he said, I think he said something about Ariana Grande, and then her being like a white woman of color, and it, I laughed so hard. Yeah. Um, but I I do feel like it is kind of that same vein where it's like these record companies like with pink, right? We talked about that a lot with pink early on in her career where they yep. pushed her to, you know, have this more for lack of a better word, like urban vibe. And now if that happened, like it would be pretty offensive. And obviously we've learned from those experiences yeah. in those times, but, but yeah, I definitely think, I definitely think that there was like a relatable quality because she was kind of in that like R and B world. And I do think there's like a respect there, you know, well, that was also just a very popular sound of the time too. Like there, were, like all the artists in two thousand, I would say between two thousand two and two thousand four. Yeah, you had all the pop girlies trying out a more R and B hip hop styled sound. I mean, when you listen to Britney's "In the Zone," like right. yes, you have songs like "Toxic" and "Breathe on Me," but then you also had songs like "I Got That Boom Boom" and "Outrageous," right? Like you had, uh, you had Chris "Outrageous" with the R and B song. Yeah, you have, you have, <laughs> you have. Our, it was written by R. Kelly. I know. It's just funny because it's it's so like, it just reminds me of like a cunty like pop girl song. And you're like, yeah, rap. This is rap. <laughs> this is rap. <laughs> this is rap music. <laughs> Outrageous. The song Brave New Girl, that is rap. I, <laughs> I love that song. Every time I go, I go through a breakup, I listen to that song. Yeah. Because I need it's to be a brave song. new girl. You are a brave new girl. Mm-hmm. And, and what I was going to say too, I mean like Christina Aguilera with – Dirty, right? You had, um, I guess that was a few years later. I was going to say Jessica Simpson with, uh, 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 oh my God, what was it called? Fire It Up? Fire, Fire It Up. It was a Scott Storch song from a Public Affair album. Um, but you know, you know, my girl, my girl was doing that early on in her career. Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about Prisoner enough. And we'll get to our our section where we talk about songs we don't talk about enough. We certainly will. a segment on the pod. And I won't be using that song. But Prisoner, Mariah Carey's rap. For all of you that haven't heard this song, you need to listen to it. Please, if you do me a favor, if anything, just go to Mariah Carey's debut album from 1990. Listen to Prisoner. It is one of the best songs on the album and of her discography in her career. I love it. It's so fun. And it's Mariah rapping. Mariah, remind me, does she hate the song? I have never heard her speak publicly about that song. I know she hates Someday. I know that. Right, yeah. But in terms of Prisoner, I'm sure she thinks it's corny. Knowing her, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. But I love it. She should. I don't care. I love it. 
she should she should take dust it off and and try it out do a live performance dust it off and try it out that's what they dust say to off. you that's when what they come over. <laughs> when they come over they say you know when they come over to your house from grinder <laughs> they say let's dust this off and try it out when i say when i say baby come on over this is our night tonight they come over and say why don't you dust it off and try it out <laughs> <laughs> another zach is them <laughs> um really quick i before uh we go to this particular that particular segment i, oh, I and we, wanna, we, also, we have a few segments we have, we have a few segments yes that way you're gonna be, the audience is gonna be really happy and excited about one of the I, segments that's a I surprise just, i would be sad if i did not even acknowledge this or bring this up my particular eras tour is coming up Yes, Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone is finally going on tour. Her celebration Yay. tour kicks off in Manchester uh, this weekend on October fourteenth. I'm when very excited. Show, when is the show that you get to go to? My show is January fifteenth, so it'll be the dead of winter here in Michigan. It's going to be wild. Um, Do you have to change out- your outfit? I didn't even think about that. Um, I'm going to try to keep the outfit. I'm wearing this really cunty, like uh, open chest. Uh, corset top that's like this like really cute it's like a leaf green color i'm gonna wear black pants some cunty i'm i'm we'll see we'll see what happens obviously i'll have to bring a jacket every time um, I, I want the audience to know too every time zach describes colors to me it's it's never like oh this white piece of paper or this white coat it's like can you hand me that bone shawl <laughs> 100 percent. you hand me that that white porcelain mug yeah. over there it's because like, i because I, I love what i look when i learn a new color i like love to be a bitch about it i love to be like oh you mean that cerulean over there like, like that chevron i really would like to try that on i'm like yeah can we, just, can we just roy g biv in this bitch like why do we yeah. have to go but i love it you know i love your extraness yeah it's so I, fun it sounds like I, an outfit you would wear to trader joe's it's an absolutely an outfit that I wear to Trader Joe's. If I needed, if I was like, oh shoot, I forgot the the you know, forgot my quinoa, I forgot my my cookie dough mix. I just go and be like, oh, I'm just gonna throw this on. Um, but I'm here. really, but I'm really excited. There were some leaks online as far as to like songs that were overheard being rehearsed. Um, I'm excited so far about the selections that I've heard. This is uh, being promoted as her first greatest hits tour. Um, she likes to forget that her reinvention tour was also kind of promoted that way. But like, this is, I would say that was also in support of her American life album. This is her, her first tour that she has gone on ever where there's no album attached to it. And she is performing all of her greatest hits. Like very fun. See, yeah. I would, you know, I'm not a huge fan of her as a whole. I respect her and I do love some songs. I would love to go to that concert. I feel like it'd be really fun. Do I you, am. So I want to hear like, what do you think if you had to pick one song from her discography, give me a mm-hmm. deep cut, of course, you know, you can't give me like one of the singles. Mm-hmm. What would you pick? And you have to only pick one. I don't want any ties or any like top two or three, like there's one song you want her to play that you would like to hear. One, one song that I would want her to play on, on this tour. Yeah. One song that I would want her to perform on this tour. That would make you happy. That would make me really happy. I'm gonna. I will go for a deep cut. There's a song on Ray of Light called "Skin." Um, it was supposed to be the sixth and final single from the album, the, but the release was canceled, and uh, 
in for in favor for Beautiful Stranger, which was on the Austin Powers soundtrack. Um, and that song Skin is one of my favorite Madonna songs. It's one of my favorite songs ever. It's just like this like tribal dance frenzy that just builds and builds and builds for six and a half minutes. She's never performed it. Um, and it's one of those songs where I'm like, it, like, I don't think she ever would perform it because it's such a rare, scary song. I don't know. MTV's. So back in the day, MTV, when MTV actually cared about music and played music videos and stuff, they would do all sorts of like docu series about music and, you know, whether it was making the video and where they would document the actual making the video or whatever. They had a show called ultrasound that would kind of document like kind of the music making process for a lot of artists. And they did an episode on Madonna's Ray of Light album. And they actually were in the studio with her when she was recording the song. And so she was in the vocal booth, like laying down vocals. I bet you lived for that. I lived for it. And the song, it was revealed really quick. Uh, Kurt Loder, it, for anyone out there, iconic uh, MTV like news journalist uh, was with her in the studio, and he saw that the title of the song was crossed out, and he was like, "Oh, is that called something else?" And she was like, "Never mind. The song was originally called Flirtation Dance." So I think that <laughs> thank God. You know I what? think that I think that the title changes was good. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what else? Like, there's a lot of great songs named Skin. Like, that's a sexy kind of mm-hmm. title. Like, I think of one of my favorite Rihanna songs is Skin. Off of yeah. Loud. I love that song. It's so sexy. Yeah. So it's just a great, it's a great name for a song, but it is. Hopefully, I hope she plays that for you. I hope I you hope, dance. I hope she does. I hope, I hope I flick. I hope I dance flirtatiously to that song. And I hope so too. yeah, it did from the, from the leaks. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. I, I, you know, I, I, I want to keep things a mystery for people who are going to be seeing the show. I will say that from what people are allegedly saying that she is uh, rehearsing, there were a few deep cuts being performed. Um, one in particular that I was surprised to see. Um, but it does sound like it's, and I will say too, that the musical director of the tour is Stuart Price. Shout out to him. If you don't know who he is, he produced uh, get out of my way by Kylie Minogue. He produced hung up by, he produced Madonna's hung up album, but he was also her music director for his, uh, some of her best tours that her fans love, including Reinvention, Drown World. You her Hung Up album? You mean her Confessions on a Dance Confessions, floor? yes. Yeah, sorry, yes. Confessions on a Dance Floor. Who's the fan? Who's the I, fan? I, who's the fan? Who's the fan? <laughs> he produced Dua Lipa's Levitating. Um, I, will, I will go on record to say that Sorry by Madonna is in my top 100 songs. <gasps> I love that. Did I tell you that I started a playlist called Favorite Songs of All Time? And, I have one too. We love and, steaks. We love steaks. And I'm in it. And I've started adding. I've started adding. I don't know if all the songs in there are actually my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. I've all, and I have not hit 100 yet, but I was just like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to start adding these and I really need to start marinating because I think that that's going to be a really fun episode one day where we do our. Ooh, I like this and we share it. We can share we it. Share streaming, it. Apple Music yeah. and Spotify. Yeah. Um, that is, that's a great idea. I have one, I have one going, but it is like, it needs to be workshopped and it changes. Yeah. You know, it definitely changes. Like, um, the more, the more I listen to certain music or, you know, even new music that comes out, I'm like, okay, like maybe yeah, something yeah. off of Renaissance would be on there, you know? So I haven't edited yeah. it in a while, but I think I did I, put, I think I did put three songs from Renaissance, but I do feel that very thing. I'm like, I, I'm like, I do love these songs and I'm not saying that they're not going to be on the list, but I am saying like these songs still, I mean, that album's only about a year old yeah. and 
part of it is there does need to be like a, uh, what is it? A gestation period. Like I feel like there needs to be a period of time where like you really need to sit and, marinate, with it. and yeah. marinate on it and see like, okay. Part of your can, life. Yeah. Cause I can say, I mean, there's a plenty of songs in the last year or two that I like that have come yeah. out. Will they be on my favorite songs of all time? It's hard too, because like the ones from, especially you and I kind of, kind of fall in line with this, like, from the late 90s, early 2000s, like that has our heart. So yeah. it's just, it's a nostalgic factor. It's like when we first started getting into music. Formative so years, yeah. For me, it's like, it's hard to deviate from that time frame. That's like the special time frame for me and where most of the music's going to kind of come in and hit. Right. Yeah. But 100%. I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think that would be a really fun episode. And you know who's going to be in probably both of our top 100s, which leads me to our next segment is Christina Aguilerta. Christina Aguilerta, the La famous... Tina Aguilera. <laughs> no! Yeah. No, we're joking. Oh, we're no! Joking. Wait, did you see that she did release... So I thought that there was like a collab with Lotto coming out. Where... Yeah, that's what you sent me. Yeah, well, it is a collab, but it's for... A, it, no, it's a, it's a for a UK fast food commercial that was oh, coming out today. Oh, I know! And I was like, no! But okay. Christina sounds amazing in it, though. I was like... No, though, we might get it. We could get a song. We could, we could. This could be a precursor. She's gonna, she's gonna again. Mariah Carey did, did it first. Pick she, up Lotto. She, she sure did. Um, no, but I think that brings us to the segment, which I think the audience is gonna be really happy about. So this is something Zach and I came up with a few months ago, and we thought it would be super funny and so stupid. So, so please, please yeah. hang out, hang out because it's dumb, but it makes us laugh, and really that's what it's about. So yeah, this is a, a segment which we called. Christina Aguilera, a la in the vein of Tyra Banks, the Tyra Banks show when she's interviewing Beyonce. So for all of you that don't know, and for those of you that do, as a reminder, Beyonce was on the Tyra Banks show (laughs) in the 2000s, an iconic episode where Tyra Banks' chaotic ass, as she she is, like super chaotic, is interviewing Beyonce. And we really believe this is why Beyonce doesn't do interviews anymore. One hundred percent. Yes, she's sitting on this couch and the the clownery that's happening. So Tyra Banks is interviewing her and and basically rhyming her name with things and using that as fuel to a question. So for example, it was like Brianse, what's your favorite kind of cheese? Or Sarah, yeah, do if you, you could, summon ghosts? Yeah. Like, what was or another like, one? It was like slosh affairs. When was the last <laughs> time you were a little tipsy? <laughs> amazing so it was incredible it's something that is burned into our brains and we thought it would be so funny to do this with christina aguilera so we will typically do this i think when we have a guest right yes or or we'll we'll go with the flow but yeah we wanted to you know send off the first episode with this segment so zach i will i think i have one for you i'll go first if that's okay. okay yeah go for it so Christina Lavagulera. Are you excited to see Christina Aguilera in Las Vegas? Oh my God. I want to. I am so excited that she's announced a show. I'm wondering if she's ever going to have any overlap uh, with Kylie Minogue because it's at the same venue. Yeah, it's actually a duet concert. Oh my God. Could you imagine? That would be wild. That would be insane. Chris, that would be that would be in truly insane. Christina um, doing her over singing while, while Kylie is doing the opera vocal from Your Disco Needs You. Oh my while gosh. While she's like grunting padam padam. Seriously. In her, in her growly. Padam, padam. 
Yeah. Hermit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would love to see her <laughs> there. If are, anyone you, was, are you excited? You're excited about it. I'm this excited about it. Absolutely. It's Usually I, move for her, I think. She looks so good in the promos for it. Her like yeah. cunty little bob and the and the boost. She's not aging. She's, she's I mean, just, not that we want to talk about women's looks and aging. We don't we want you to age naturally, we don't care, but it's like she really doesn't I mean, it's not cracking. It's not cracking. She looks incredible. She looks healthy. She's so she looks glowing. She's she, glowing. Yeah, it's it's like yes. She, uh, to to your point, like we want women to feel empowered no matter how they look. But like she does, there's something about the way that she looks in those photos, particularly that she it's giving power. It's giving owning myself. She's always given that, but like it's very much giving like a, a sense of power to me where I'm like, oh, she's here to fuck shit up. Like it's giving she's, when when you put your hands on me, I want to put my hands on her. Oh. Written by, by Robin Thick. Robin Thick. Robin Wild. Thick. Wild. I love that song. As as a kid, that was my maybe my favorite, one of my favorites, if not my favorite song on that album. It's a great Listen song. Absolutely, it, it, I one love of mine too. The sound of it. It's so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. so rich. So good. So rich. Okay. So emotional too. Also, you know that it reminds me of fall, like when Love for All Seasons. Obviously, they mentioned fall. Uh-huh. And so emotional. It's it's such a moody kind of vibey song. One hundred percent. I love that. I love that I, album. I, I, I feel like so emotional was probably a contender for a single on the album. Yeah. At one point, I I one hundred percent feel that way. Ew, I they, love that. Song. Ooh, I'm gonna revisit that song tonight. That's one I of my favorite that. songs. I think that'd be my top one hundred. I love that. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget. Uh, going on a on a trip to florida with my grandparents i wanted it was my first time ever going to florida we were driving from michigan to florida in their van and we made a pit stop i want to say it was in georgia i don't remember where um but i was in eighth grade i still had my i had my long hair and i was listening to my magical walkman and um i was listening to that album and i remember like getting turned on to um somebody somebody mm-hmm. and that being like i remember there was a thunderstorm out that night and it was just very like and i think there's a thunderstorm in that song right is there like a thunderstorm thunderstorm effect well, there, in that song is, when i think of thunderstorm in songs i think of i turn to you right oh maybe that's what it was but there i don't know there was just something about that trip that just that i I get a very nostalgic feeling every time I hear that song. We love, so we love music. It brings you to a place in time. Yeah. I, I also, I do feel this way. I feel like, uh, I turn to you in my head. I always get that. And, uh, because you loved me by Celine Dion mixed up in my head. I mean, I think they were both written by Diane Wharton. Diane they're like the Wharton. same song. Diane they, are, Warren. They, it, they are the same song. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, they were both written by Do- Diane Do- Doran. <laughs> Dor Dorian Warren. Dorian Warren. <laughs> Dorian Warren. Uh no, Di- Diane Warren. Uh she wrote both of those songs. And so so that makes sense. So do you have a Christina Aguilera for me today? I'm trying to think. I know. I'm like I'm so excited about this first episode. I like didn't even think about coming up with one. But um let's see. Christina Spatulera. Okay. What would I know? It's kind of a weak one, but what did you make for dinner? I haven't made dinner yet, but I I do have something meal prepped in my fridge. So, 
Um, is that that salsa verde that I saw in your stories the other day? No, I ate that for lunch. Was it Great. good? With pork. Yeah. I So for those listening out there, I'm a dietitian. has nothing to do with music, but I'm a dietitian. I'm a foodie. I'm a you know self-taught cook, a pretty good cook, I would say. Mm-hmm. I love food. I love different foods. I'll I can eat, confirm. I, I, I crave Jeff's food all the time. Last time I was <laughs> visiting, I he made me this like this little stir fry, and he loved Jeff's. Jeff loves to downplay his cooking when he's making it for you, and he'll be like, "Oh, I didn't." He'll be like, "I didn't put that ingredient in here, Tiff," and then I'll be like, "Oh, okay," and then it's like the best thing I've ever had. So I oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. So. But I made I made this like lentil salad because I had lentils and I they were you know above here in in like the upper rack and I was like I haven't made something with grains in a while I feel like I haven't had like a whole grain moment in a while so I made this lentil salad and I put I roasted some fennel some carrots and some onions in the, the oven and they came out super like charred and really nice just yeah. kind of like chunky like a chunky lentil salad mm-hmm. and then tons of herbs like tarragon um, parsley green onions i even put like a little chili in there lots of lemon juice give it like bright acidic flavors and then olive oil and then just a little feta on top go off king yum it's a delicious kind of grain salad and then i'm just gonna make chicken with it so i haven't cooked the chicken yet but yum sounds delicious yeah i we we love this stupid segment yeah it's fun it's fun i think it'll be really fun to ask our guests that we invite on the pod to to ask them these questions and to keep christina aguilera's name alive to keep it alive and you know i love her i love christina i and you know what i have to say i loved her latin album i don't like the way that they rolled it out i don't like the way that it was like two eps um and then they combined it all together it was very like robin's body talk in a sense yeah. but oh yeah, yeah it just felt a little it felt a little underwhelming once the whole project was released then because it i think that they had released it with like one or two extra songs um but that said i liked the material on it and um, do you like her i forget did we talk we talk about this do you like her her very first album that came out before the the debut album do you know what i'm talking about when she was like in her teens so that so so I know what you're talking about. That didn't come out first. It was recorded first. Yes. But it, it was it were it was music that was like demos that she was trying to ship or trying to shop ship. for a record to trying to yeah trying yeah. to shop for a record they deal. It. I think it's on Apple Music. I'm pretty sure. And then they, and then they released it unofficially. So it got to the point where like she it she, it was like kind of being released overseas first, and she couldn't stop it. So the she agreed to release it, but with the there, like if you were to buy the CD today, there's an insert that says like this music does not represent me artistically or where I'm at today, but it's okay. like, it's, okay. but it's called just be free. Just be free. Just be free. Hey, stop moving away just be free. The girl, the girls in like the, I know this is before like the two thousands, but in the two thousands, like simple album titles like that, like Ashley Simpson, like I am me. I am me. Just be free. It's like just, very just like, I'm going to give you the basic necessities. Of an yeah. Album. Yeah. We are not giving you, um, you know, down at the men in music business conference. We are not giving, did you know that there was a tunnel under ocean? No, nope. no. We are giving you, I am me. Yeah. We're giving you, I am me. Yep. And even, I mean, you even had like later on in the, in the later aughts, you had, uh, you know, I am dot 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 Sasha Fierce. <laughs> and then that, that trend too, I, I always wonder if um, Mariah Carey 
gathered inspiration around Sasha Fierce because when she released um <laughs> me no me i am mariah dot dot, dot the elusive album title me i am mariah the elusive chanteuse yeah an iconic album title truly she yeah 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 she should i really wish it was just called the elusive chanteuse i i'm glad it's called that i mean yeah it's very camp very it's fun. very her too like, yeah i wonder how serious it was do you know what i mean right i hope it was serious I hope it's 100% serious. <laughs> Makes it so much I better. I hope it's as serious as Charm Bracelet. Yeah. Charm Bracelet's a cute album title. It is. Yeah. Favorite song of Charm Bracelet, Clown. Because when you do clownery, the clown the comes clown back, comes to, back bite. to bite. Yeah. Me. 2007. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite song from Charm Bracelet. Mm. Boy. <clears throat> I do like Boy. I I have to say that's an album where it's not my favorite Mariah Carey album. And neither, I neither mine, neither and, mine. But I like the remixes of the singles better than the album versions. So there's a song in particular called "I Only Wanted" mm-hmm. that yep. was that I think Randy Jackson wrote that. Did he? Oh, you think? I'm pretty sure oh. Randy Jackson had, had his hand. On, I know he had his hand in some of the songs. He was he put his strong hand in the pot and was stirring. His, um, his greatest contribution. <laughs> Besides that, American Idol. Right. But there, um, there's a remix of that song, and she's put it on streaming um, by DJ. I think it's called like DJ Meme. But I love it. It's a great remix. I also love the remixes for Boy. Like, I mean, there's like a Punjabi remix that I love. Yeah, there's, you shared that with me. Yeah, yeah. there's... You're a um, remix king. Remix I lo- king. I love my remixes. I mean, Hex Hector, one of my favorite remixes of all time. Mm-hmm. He remixed that Through the Rain. So, yeah, that's an album where, like, the album versions of the tracks are not necessarily my favorites, but I do love a lot of the remixes. Yeah, it's it's still a, it's still a very good album, but for me, it's, like, definitely my, my, one of my least favorites of hers of all yeah. time. I know it was a special time for her, though, and I know, like, not I don't want to say special, but, like, a hard time, and, like, there, there's definitely a lot of meaning in it. You know, it's around the time right. her dad passed away, like, right. um, Sunflowers for Alfred Roy. Yeah. So I do appreciate it, but it's definitely not my favorite, you know? And then, obviously, like, The Emancipation of Mimi ate that album when it came right. out. Yeah. I was like, oh, forgot about, forgotten about already. Mm-hmm. Like, Charm who? Charm what? Yeah. Charm. Charm when? <laughs> what bracelet? Um, that Emancipation of Mimi is one of my favorite albums of all time. So Yeah. So good. So Mimi. Good. Mimi. Mimi. DJ Mimi. Well, on that note, should we do our final segment of the show? Which is yeah. songs oh, we don't... This segment is called Songs We Don't Talk About Enough, and it is 100% the extension from the uh, thing that I used to do on my Instagram account where I used to just make posts about songs that we didn't talk about enough. We would pick, uh, I, I would pick an artist or sometimes, maybe it was, yeah, or just sometimes uh, maybe just a random selection of songs. But just I personally, as a huge super music fan, we love the singles. It's not that we dislike the singles. It's just that we the singles get plenty of airtime, right? Whether if they go viral or if they're played on the radio or at an event or whatever at a, at a club. Yep. You know you're going to hear Britney's Toxic. We know you're going to hear Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. We, you're going to hear Love on Top. You're going to hear Love on Top. We want to focus on album tracks, 
maybe singles that didn't perform as well. Uh, yeah. Maybe B-sides, bonus tracks, you know, this, this special bonus track that was only released on the Japanese version of the <laughs> bonus CD that came on the, with the DVD, you know, like, yes. <laughs> like we want to talk about those songs. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it would be fun for us to end each segment with uh, a song that we both love, that we feel we that don't talk this, about enough. we don't talk about enough. And since this is our inaugural episode, should we do two songs? Just to kick it off? Ooh, I can do two. Can you do sure. two? Do you I want to go two. first? Do you want me to go first? I can go. Or you can go. I don't care. I can go. Why don't you go? Okay. I know one of them because I was listening to it in the car. So going back to an artist that makes me think of you, Tony Braxton, uh, someone that I feel is super underappreciated. I, Her best song to me, truly, there's a lot of good ones, mm-hmm. but... The Heat off of The Heat is her best song. It's such a good song. It's such a good song. And it's also so fun. I love, iconically, I love the ending where she's like, anybody want some ice cream? I've never related to a lyric more in my life. <laughs> I, anytime, anytime we hang out, we get ice cream. I feel like I always have to ask you, like, anybody, anybody want some, want some ice cream? cream? Like, did, I want to know, did she throw that in there? Did they tell her to say that? Was I don't that know. Ad-lib? That's it's gotta that's be ad libbed. That's a really good question. I, I would love to ask her that. I yeah, I would love to ask her that. T- Tony, this is your invitation. If you would like to come on the pod, <laughs> you are more than welcome to, and we would love to ask you who came up with that. Love that yeah. song. It always makes me happy. It's a great. It's truly melody, a great. Get out of here! Stunning. There, I mean, that whole album is great, but like that specific song. 100% should have been a single. 100%. It's so Like And I and I love Tony Braxton definitely on that album falls into the like the type of singing where like the enunciation isn't always there. So you're like you're like you're like what? Oh, that's my favorite. But I love it. It's so good. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change a thing. Happy. I love it when we ooh ooh. I love, it when we, <laughs> I love that song so much. Again, name a more relatable song. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. And you know what? I think my second song would, I'm going to go back to our conversation around, I'll do, I'll do, I'll throw a Christina Aguilera song in there because we were talking about that and I didn't think about a second one, to be honest. So I would say a song we don't talk about enough is... Do, 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 um love will find a way because that so good is a fantastic song it feels like it could be like in the 80s or 90s like it kind of is in the same vein of like it reminds you like wake me up before you go go or something by wham it's very like fun energetic upbeat uplifting truly just fun like pop perfection euphoria yeah love the chorus love the bridge love love it all I want you. I need you. You know that. You got I it. Believe you. You got it. You know it. It's so good. It's very. It kind of gives me a little bit of like early Mariah. Like Mariah's like her classic up tempos from the nineties. Yeah. You know, yeah. so just that, oh, that you, very euphoric and just very carefree pop. Now that I know or something. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's so good. That's Great exceptions. Like- yeah, I mean, and that also just reminds me of like my childhood. It reminds me of like my love for music, where it all started. 
you know, I had these albums. I love, well, I had Christina Aguilera's album. So like, I loved just that era of music and both of those songs are, have very special places in my heart. So yeah. Good, um, good questions. Give me your two. I would love to hear what yours are. Yeah. I'm going to go with, um, you know, given that there's a very famous FOMO, FOMO photo that uh, broke the internet today, Beyonce and Taylor Swift. I'm going to pick a song of each of theirs. Um, love, love that. Yeah. Love so um, I'm going to go, first of all, with Ms. Swift. Um, I'm going to say, I Wish You Would. I Wish You Would from 1989. So currently for me, 1989 is best enjoyed in the fall because that's when it was originally released. Yeah, definitely fall album. Very fall album for me. A lot of her albums are actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. Um, and Red. I will say, 1989 was like the first album that really made me into a Taylor Swift fan. Like I started becoming a fan. What a shock! Yeah, I know, shocking the world. Um, but like I remember hearing, you know, after you know when that album finally came out, that was one of the standout tracks for me. Um, it's interesting just, I, that that was a standout track for you. It's very for me, it was a standout track for me. I think it's just because I, I love that the the drum sample from Fine Young Can- Cannibals, "You Drive Me Crazy." That's where that was inspired from. You're, and I, you're also an out of the woods girly. You love out of the woods. I am an out of the woods stan. I think it's one of her best yeah. songs. I think that that song is so anthemic. Is it anthemic or anthemic? We talked about this before, and I don't not know. Not a word people say. Not a word people say. So not a word people say. Hey, Zach will also throw out words where I'm like, okay, Mariah Carey. He's thrown out the yeah. Mariah Carey dictionary. Um, yeah extraordinaire so yeah um but it's one of those songs that just it's a it's an anthem to me it's it's a big song i love how big the production is it really does explode and it just builds and builds and builds i love that song um but yeah i wish you what i love i love the the bridge is one of my favorite bridges um by her i think it's there's that melody that you always knew how to push my buttons like i just uh, just takes me back. Takes me back. I was in college at the time. I just, I love that Same. song. Good time. Really good time. Um, it reminds, it reminds me of college like so much. Yeah. It's so good. Um, And then with Ms. Yancey. All in your mouth. Yeah, like give, me, give me, give me all, one. All in your mouth. Give me, like give me some. Licka. Give me, give me, give me some. Give me some. Give me some. Another Tony Braxton shout out. Um, I'm not going to do a song from Renaissance because I feel like Renaissance as a whole, the, the entire project people love. Um, but with Beyonce, I am going to go with um, a song from Four that you and I both love. Oh, okay. School, School in Life. School in Life. Yes. Great, great song. 80s influence. Um, very, another just like carefree. Like that song. Turner. Very, yeah. And it's very, to me, like that is a very summer, spring song. Like it's a very breezy. You can listen to it with your, t- it with your windows down. Like some of the lyrics are really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those songs where it makes me very happy and it also takes me back to a, a great time. Um, but I just, yeah, I find that song just really, really fun. And this is I for the 30 somethings. Laugh like a mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you know there's like a thing when it like fades over? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. There, yeah. did you, do you, did you know that there? So speaking of like special bonus track on like the Japanese version of the album, <laughs> did you know there's a song from that album called "Dreaming" that was no. a, the Japanese bonus track, and it samples the drum stamps at the uh by of um "We Will Rock You" by Queen, and yeah, it's a great 
R&B ballad written by Babyface. I think you mean We Will Rock You by Britney Spears, Pink, and Beyonce. And Beyonce. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Queen covered that song. From Queen them. Wishes. Yep. And Did I ever, ever, oh wait, sorry to interrupt you, but I have a really funny like thing to add. What? I think I, I think I'm gonna told you this before, but speaking of Queen, uh, shout out to one of my exes, Eric, who's like one of the sweetest guys I've ever ever dated. He's such a good person. But if he's listening, oh. I remember he didn't. He likes music for sure, but he definitely didn't like know the kind of ins and outs, and and you know to the extent that I I do, obviously. So there was a lot of moments where like education for him but it was it was funny i remember we were at the bar and it was when um prince died mm. so prince passed away and i was devastated because i'm a huge prince fan i love prince yeah but uh, i remember we were we were all kind of talking about it and like sitting at the bar and just like drinking and he's like wait queen died like that's how out of touch he was with music but god bless him no oh but, my gosh eric but it okay. made me laugh so hard i'm like yes queen is one person and they died they died queen. today they died today. Queen, Queen, Queen our non, died. our non-binary died. one person died. Yeah. I mean, wait, oh. no, no, nobody died. Nobody died. Nobody was killed. Nobody was killed. Nobody was killed. <laughs> Shout out to all the people that know the reference. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been fun. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah. You know, it was great. It was great. Well, it on that note. It was a time. We had fun. Um, we hope you guys tune in and join us for all of these episodes where we're just going to talk about our favorite pop music and hot topics of the pop music week and favorite deep cuts and all that great stuff. And I'll leave it on this. Anybody want some ice cream? Mm, I might have some right now. <laughs> all right. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.